Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. In this summer series, we are asking the question that Jesus asked the original disciples, who do people say that I am? These original disciples gave various answers to this question. Uh, Jesus then turned that question into a more personal kind of pointed question that was aimed at directly at those original disciples and I believe is still today aimed directly at us as Jesus's disciples and Jesus asked this who do you say that the son of man is who do you say that Jesus is who do you say that I am I believe as a Christian as a Jesus follower my main call is to point and aim my life towards that question, towards constantly asking and answering that question, not just with what's my doctrinal statement of faith, what are the 10 key fundamental things that I believe, but in how that I live my life in a day-to-day thing, not just how I appear to other people for an hour on a Sunday while I'm at church, or what kind of cute little pithy things can I post on Twitter or Instagram, how do I live out my day-to-day life? And how does how I live out my day-to-day life ask and answer the question, who am I saying that Jesus is with my life? Throughout this summer series, we're um, asking and answering this question by looking at who it is that Jesus says that he is. When he asks us, who do we say that he is? We look at the answers that he gives from the Gospel of John. And that's what we're going to do today. So John chapter 10, starting in verse 11, says this. Very well-known words. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd puts the sheep before himself, sacrifices himself if necessary. A hired man is not a real shepherd. The sheep mean nothing to him. He sees a wolf come and runs for it, leaving the sheep to be ravaged and scattered by the wolf. He's only in it for the money. The sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and my own sheep know me. Now, while as, as I was planning uh, this message, I googled some of these very iconic um, scenes that you might see if you if you type into Google Jesus the Good Shepherd and look at the images the kind of very classic almost like Renaissance style paintings that will come up you'll see um, this Jesus meek and mild you'll have the the perfectly quaffed blonde hair and blue eyes Jesus you'll see that very trimmed and kind of styled within an inch of his life Jesus you'll have this soft gentle, pastel-coloured, meek, fluffy versions of Jesus as this shepherd, lovingly gazing at a little lamb or carrying one under the crook of his arm. And, and, And these are the images that come up again and again. But Jesus here in this statement about who he says he is, he's trying to say something to us about leadership. Jesus wants to speak to us and to reframe our actual understanding of what the good shepherd actually means. Jesus is saying to us, you need to get rid of your Google image idea of shepherding. I think that in this section of John 10, Jesus is saying that this is how my leadership works in the world and this is how my leadership works in your life. And this is a million miles away from how leadership was done by others in Jesus' day. Jesus wants us to see that he is 
different. Just like we saw a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus is a different kind of leader, that Jesus isn't Caesar, that Jesus isn't the priestly um, order of the day, that Jesus is a different kind of leader. Jesus isn't here to take wealth from you. In fact, the opposite, he's here to be a sacrifice for you. How does he put it here? I sacrifice myself if necessary. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus isn't here to sit up in a high tower in comfort or in some kind of grand opulent palace, separate from you, distinct from you, cut off from you, kind of not knowing what it's like. We're told in Hebrews that we have a high priest who knows what it is to be you, who knows what it feels like to feel the way that you feel. We have a high priest who can relate to us, who can connect to us because he's been there and he's done it and he's lived it out and we should all be able to take comfort and encouragement from that. Jesus isn't up in this opulent palace separate from you, waiting for you to come to him. Jesus is here to look and to search and to seek out for you and to come to you, to find you as that one lost sheep, to leave those 99 in safety in the pen and come looking for the lost one. Jesus is that good shepherd. He's not like the hired hand. He's not the one who is only in it for the money and isn't invested in the sheep as individuals. And he says that, he says this phrase, I know my sheep. And when Jesus talks about this idea of knowing the sheep, this isn't about the fact that he has seen the sheep, that he recognises and that he knows what they look like. It's not that kind of knowing. And it's not that he knows the sheep in a, in a way that he intellectually understands what a sheep is or what a sheep does or what a sheep needs. He is both of those things. He has seen us and does know what we look like. He recognises us as his sheep. And he does understand what it's like to be the sheep and understands what the sheep needs better than the sheep itself. But actually, when Jesus says, I know my sheep, he's getting at this third way of knowing. It's called kinosko in the Greek. And it's talking about knowing with the heart. This is something that is deeper. It's felt. It's intimate. It's relational. Jesus knows you. He's seen you. He understands you. But he has a relationship with you. Jesus, our good shepherd, knows you, his sheep. Now, when we're thinking about this kind of understanding of kenosko, of it being this intimacy this inward thing, but also there's this outward side to it as well, where we have this kind of missional journey of that, yes, we have to recognise that we are sheep to our good shepherd, but also it's our job as well then is flipped and that we then go out living almost like a sheep shepherd to go and help others, to go and bring others to the good shepherd. But along that line is a very difficult one to walk because there are two cycles that we can fall into if we're not careful. I'm going to just finish with this. The two cycles of this, the first one is the try harder cycle. That's the message that we hear over and over again. You fell down, get up. You messed it up, try harder. You need to do more. You need to be more. So we do and then nothing really happens and so we get tired and we feel guilty about not trying harder and then we quit 
Or we do try harder and we do try harder and we do try harder and eventually we burn out and we quit. We try harder, fatigue, guilt, quit. Try harder, fatigue, guilt, quit. On and on and on on this cycle. I did say there were two cycles that we can fall into if we're not careful. Two patterns of this trying to walk this balancing act between this kind of intimacy of knowing and this outward mission. The second one is biblical. We have this pattern of believe, receive, perceive. So believe, not just believing in God, but believe God, that God is the good shepherd. God cares for you and God is for you. God searches and God finds and God even carries you when you can't get get there yourself. Secondly is to receive, to simply receive the love of God for what it is, that it is grace, that it is gift, that it is unearned favour. Allow God to know you, to kinosko you. The being leads to doing and not the other way around. We don't act so that we will belong. We belong and because of that belonging, we are able to act. And then finally, perceive. And Marcel Proust said, the real act of discovery consists not in finding new lands, but in seeing with new eyes. When we believe and receive, we begin to see the world differently and we perceive ourselves not just as the sheep that need rescuing from our good shepherd, but as change agents in the world, as sheep shepherds pointing others towards the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Friends, who do you say that he is? Grace and peace.